Thank you for joining us here on the Frank Sontag Show. We begin with our impact segment. 20 plus minutes of uninterrupted dialogue and discussion. We're going to open the phone lines and invite you to call in 888-52-TALKS. We're going to share a little bit on patriotism, the national anthem, our country, and the latest face of Nike. Would be blessed to hear your thoughts. 888-52-TALKS. There is an article on NBCNews.com. It is written by, well, a man named Nate Boyer. It's called Colin Kaepernick, the National Anthem in America, How Military Service Influenced My Views on Patriotism and Protest. He begins with the definition, Oxford Dictionary, patriotism, devotion to and vigorous support for one's country. Nate Boyer writes, what it means to be patriotic in America isn't simple to define anymore. Growing up, I always just thought patriotism meant dressing in red, white, and blue, shooting off fireworks, and eating hot dogs. I never gave much thought to the meaning of the word beyond the sights and sounds of the 4th of July. To me, patriotism only took place on specific days and at specific times. Kind of like being religious. My family would say grace at dinner and I'd say my prayers before bed, but I didn't necessarily practice religion as I went about my day. Nate Boyer writes, that's how I viewed patriotism. In school, we pledged allegiance to the flag every morning. And at ball games, I took my San Francisco Giants hat off and put my hand on my heart for the anthem, but mostly I just anticipated the chant of play ball. Not until I joined the military and fought on foreign soil did I even begin to appreciate what those songs and symbols stood for, or at least what they stood for, for to me. Just as it deepened my understanding of patriotism, my experience as a member of the armed forces informed how I view acts of protest, especially in the context of sporting events, which have long been sources of unity and comfort during times of unrest and war. The Star-Spangled Banner has been performed at professional sporting events for over 100 years. Although there are references to the song as far back as 1862, the first game of the 1918 World Series was likely the event that truly popularized the tradition. That series pitted the Boston Red Sox against the Chicago Cubs with World War I as baseball's backdrop. Thousands of American troops had already lost their lives overseas. Stadium attendance was down and morale was generally low across the country. But during the seventh inning stretch of the first game at Wrigley Field, something magical happened. As the story goes, the military band, which was a common occurrence at big sporting events back then, began to play the Star Spangled Banner. The Red Sox third baseman at the time was a sailor named Fred Thomas who was granted furlough by the Navy to play in the series. 
Thomas snapped to the position of attention, faced the American flag, and threw up a salute. Out of respect for him, the other players in the field, including Babe Ruth, who was on the pitcher's mound, took their hats off as fans in the stands began singing along. It was a powerful moment that was replicated again the following night in Chicago when the series went back to Fenway Park in Boston for the third game. The Red Sox decided to play the song before play began and even honored some wounded veterans on the field. Fast forward 13 years to 1931 when President Herbert Hoover signed a law officially making Francis Scott Key's song our national anthem. This move was motivated in part by the anthem's popularity during sporting events where it seemed to bring people together. But was it the song that brought people together or the sporting events themselves? Certainly the grandstands probably look very different in 1918 than they do today. For one, the fans dressed in suits and ties were much less diverse, and so were the players in uniform. Let me stop for a moment. You know where we're going here. Triple eight fifty two talks. What about the new Nike ad and Colin Kaepernick? What about patriotism? I welcome your calls. 888-52-TALKS. This is an article by Nate Boyer on NBCNews.com. He shares sporting events in America today are unbelievably powerful. We barely talk to our next door neighbor who we've known for years, but we go to a ball game and cheer alongside high five and even hug the player around us and the people around us when our team makes a big play. We don't give a rip about their politics or religion in those moments. We allow ourselves to just exist as humans connected by common passion. Lately, it seems harder and harder to find these moments of human connection. Two years ago, Colin Kaepernick sat on the bench during the national anthem for the first time before the San Francisco 49ers played the Green Bay Packers in a preseason game. This was the statement he gave after the game explaining why he was protesting. Quote, I am not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. To me, this is bigger than football, and it would be selfish on my part to look the other way. There are bodies in the street and people getting paid leave and getting away with murder. End of quote. When Kaepernick and I met, this is Colin Boyer, I talked just six days later. A few hours before the 49ers were set to play the Chargers, we discussed a lot, but more importantly, we listened to each other. I wanted him to stand, and he had pledged to sit during the anthem, but we found middle ground. Colin would take a knee, making a statement about police brutality while also respecting the men and women who fought and died for what our flag is supposed to represent. The men who have followed in Kaepernick's footsteps say they are not protesting the anthem itself. They're demonstrating uh, demonstrating during the anthem. It's an important distinction to understand. Personally, I do not endorse Kaepernick's method of protest, but I absolutely support his right to do so. 
That's an unpopular place to stand these days in the radical middle, defending someone you somewhat disagree with. I'll say that one again. It's an unpopular place to stand these days in the radical middle, defending someone you somewhat disagree with. It's hard for me to grasp why this is so difficult for people from both ends of the political spectrum to understand. It's okay to be different. It's what makes us the same. Embrace it and remember that nobody's a perfect patriot, especially not me. In the U.S. Army Special Forces, we have a saying, De oppresso liber, to free the oppressed. To me, the American flag is not the symbol of a perfect past. It is but the symbol of a hopeful future. You can read that in its entirety again. Nate Boyer on NBCNews.com. So what do we do with this? Now Colin Kaepernick back in the news. There's photos everywhere in San Francisco. His larger-than-life face is everywhere. New campaign, new advertising campaign by Nike. Do you have any thoughts? 888 talks By the way... If you want to get honest about Nike and their message, you have to get real about sweatshops in third world countries. We need to be consistent here in the message. How many young people, how many young men listening right now to this new model, this new message, a two-minute commercial, powerful message, somehow don't even understand what patriotism is? that somehow now it's, it's kind of cool to turn your back on our country. And look, I, I, I don't want to sit here and, and, and bang on Colin Kaepernick. I mean, look, I, I've never once ever thought in my wildest imagination that this is a guy that was hurting for money. He's made, he's made a ton as a pro quarterback. He'll make a ton now with Nike. I don't walk in his shoes. I'm not here. Is this on? Man, oh, man. Oh, we've got the, the font that's 8,700. So I can see like one letter on the screen. This is going to be fun. <laughs> but, I mean, here it is. It's everywhere. It's, it's trending on Twitter. All of a sudden, Nike unrolling this big thing. For the NFL weekend... Their advertising campaign, have you seen the commercials that are already leaked? Pretty slick stuff. Pretty impressive stuff. But last time I looked, the average soldier makes $33,000 a year. The average state trooper makes $60,000 a year. Colin Kaepernick has made over $50 million as a professional football player. And now with this new ad campaign, Nike's going to tell us, what's the expression? Have you seen it? Pretty impressive. Right? We can even play the commercial. Don't ask if your dreams are crazy. Ask if they're crazy enough. If you're a girl from Compton, don't just become a tennis player. Dream of being the greatest athlete ever.
believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. That's the big hook. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. What has Colin Kaepernick sacrificed? Or is it irresponsible for me to just point him out? Again, my greatest concern, we'll take your calls in a moment. You, you, you can disagree with me. We can be respectful to each other. But my biggest point of contention is, again, when this began two years ago, he made a statement against police brutality during the playing of the national anthem. And my greatest point of contention is that was not the time to do this. Does he have a right in this great country to do that? Yes, he does. Many people have fought and died for that right. But I think it's reprehensible to somehow look to law enforcement or into code of authority that somehow this type of of action, these murders, are there's systematic racism and, and they're getting away with murder. I, I just, sorry. Sorry, do you really believe that? Do you really believe this country is just this awful place to live? 888 talks are the numbers. What do you think about this new campaign? There are scores of young people that don't even know what patriotism is. 888-52-TALKS are the numbers. Doug is on the 210 freeway. Doug, you're on the Frank Sontag Show. Hey, Frank. So yesterday I had an uh, interesting conversation with an Armenian, a very good friend I've worked with for uh, 10 years. Armenians were all but, uh, well, the Turkish people pre- performed a... Uh, attempted mass genocide. It was the Turkish government, not the Turkish people. In fact, his grandfather lived to tell because a Turkish man who loved him so told him and set him free from the camp and told him to keep walking. His grandfather is alive today because of a Turk. There are many people in America, and you can go with the same analogy for Germany at the time of Hitler's reign of terror. To say that America is racist is a lie perpetrated on the rest of the world or on the American people. Yes, there are racists. But guess what? There are racists among the black people, the Hispanic people, the Asian people. It isn't the people themselves that are racist as a general generality. It is individuals. Doug, I appreciate your call. Thank you for sharing. You know, the phrase systematic racism is one that I, I challenge. I, I just, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm not of that ilk. I'm not of that mindset. And maybe you're thrilled about the new Nike ads. And, and again, I'm not here to, to, to say that somehow Colin Kaepernick is the problem. This is America. He's just, his face is being used. Believe in something even if it means sacrificing everything. What does that mean, though? What do you think of the new slogan? Did you throw out your Nike garb? 888 talks are the numbers. Lisa in Los Angeles, you're on the Frank Sontag Show. Numerous NFL players father children with different women that are never around to raise their progeny. 
children who grow up in single-parent families in the lower-income neighborhoods are visited a lot by law enforcement, so these children grow up with a very negative view of police. These NFL players are creating the very problem that they themselves are create, that have, are protesting. These NFL players father children with numerous women, just like they do in the inner city neighborhoods, okay? So these NFL players are, are protesting the very problem that they themselves created. Well, let me respond again. It would be disingenuous if I would completely agree with you like somehow all NFL players are doing such things even though there is a small contingent, if you will, of professional athletes that act in this way. And I think of the world they're, they're raised in, where they go from being maybe a college player, whether it's football or something else, to they blink their eyes and all of a sudden they're a multimillionaire and they're still in their early 20s with no experience in life how to handle that kind of instant wealth, let alone the public spotlight of which they'll, they're under, obviously, as now a, a celebrity with an ability to, to throw a ball or catch a ball or hit a ball or whatever it is. 888 talks are the numbers. Obviously, Colin Kaepernick is back in the news. Nike has a brand-new advertising campaign. AJ in Los Angeles, you're on the Frank Sontag Show. Hello, how are you doing today, Mr. Frank? AJ, I'm well. Thanks for calling. Awesome, awesome. Well, I wanted to comment. You had asked, uh, what is that Nike ad? Can you hear me? I can. Okay, yeah. You had asked, what does that the new Nike ad mean to uh, the general public? And I would say to me, that means just if you believe in something, sacrificing everything to believe in something. Uh, say, for example, I'm a Caucasian gentleman and a predominantly Caucasian worth work uh place and everyone's making jokes about the new african-american gentleman to me sacrificing everything for what i believe in would be to step up and say hey you know what that's not right to make comments or to joke about that guy because there's a huge possibility that i may get fired or you know my peers may not consider me on their side which is something big in certain work groups um in other general areas uh, it could be on the football team you know where a joke is being made about someone being overweight you know and then you know you stand up and say hey you know what don't make jokes about that guy's weight you know now the whole team's looking at me a certain way because i stood up for somebody and to me that's what the nike statement means stand up for something even if it means, you know what, I may have to sacrifice what people think about me. Okay, and I, I, in the context you share, I would say maybe it's even more than that. I mean, to, to stand up against racism or to stand in a situation where what you're about to respond with is not popular. Yeah, I, I think that involves sacrifice. But again, I circle back to the history of this, and, and maybe you're not interested in talking about it. Maybe this is not even a blip on the radar screen. All I know is I was away for a few days. I come back and boy, the news trending, everything blowing up about Colin Kaepernick and the new Nike ad and football's about to start Sunday this weekend, or maybe it starts tonight, I think. So what do we think about that? Do you have any thoughts? 
888-52-TALKS are the numbers, 888-52-TALKS. We'll take more of your calls next here on the Frank Sontag Show. This is the Frank Sontag Show. Thank you for joining us. I've been away for a few days, did not really check in with the news. And lo and behold, my goodness, much of the mainstream driven at least a few days ago by the announcement that Colin Kaepernick is the new face of the Nike advertising campaign and show people burning Nike sneakers and believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything, hashtag just do it. And some people on one side are saying, fantastic. San Francisco, there's photos everywhere of his face and stand with cap. And the other side, again, people are, I'm throwing my Nike stuff out. And I'm just asking, is this really a big deal? I mean, is, is this really all about nothing? I'd, I'd value your thoughts on this. 888 talks are the numbers. We're going to play the commercial in just a moment, but I want to take a few calls. 888-52-TALKS. Andrea in Lakewood, you're on the Frank Sontag Show. Hi, Frank. Hi, Andrea. Well, my point of view on it is it's a, I believe it's a, a financial move for Nike, um, seeing that most of their consumers are minorities. Um, and as far as the burning of the Nikes, I actually did look at some of the postings on YouTube, and they're not new Nikes. They're old Nikes. They probably were going to throw them away anyway. I have yet to see anybody burn Air Jordans, which are over $200. Okay. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. I'm not so sure that we can derive the insight that somehow Nike, they, they advertise to just minorities. I don't, I don't know how we come to that conclusion, but okay. It's America. We have our opinions. Uh, actually, Nike and Brentwood. Always appreciate you calling the program. Thanks for calling, Nike. Good to talk to you again, Frank. Um, well, I actually have a two-part comment. I wanted to comment on, on what you said earlier about um, the systematic racism. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, systematic racism, that term does not fit at all. Uh, I think it's, it's what they're trying to get at when they use that term is, is how me as a black man, and this is my opinion, and I think this is how a lot of my brothers feel, is that um, not that America is racist, but there are certain people in certain positions that when certain things happen to a certain demographic, we're going to turn the other cheek or we're not going to press as hard, you know, uh, and, and we've seen that over and over again through, through you know, the news. Um, so that's what I think it is. I agree with you. It's not systematic racism as in, uh, that it's all, you know, by design, but if, if, uh, if the person that has to, you know, make a difference, the person that has to, to choose whether to, to, to push or, or not, if they are racist, then you know, to the outside world after it hits the media, then it looks like 
oh, the whole system is bad. Sure. But it's one person making one bad call. Sure. What do you think about the new advertising campaign by Nike? Do you have any thoughts on it at all? Uh, as far as that campaign goes, I think it's uh, a big, big business uh, taking advantage of what's current to make money. They know that this is a very controversial uh, issue right now. You know, it's, it's in a lot of people's heads. It's on a lot of people's lips right now. Um, we can use this to our advantage. Yeah. As far as the, the last caller said, and they're advertising to minorities, they're not just advertising to minorities. Right. If that was the case, they wouldn't be the big company that they are because we all aren't don't have money to buy Jordans and, and things like that. So they're not just advertising to us. Well said. I'm always grateful for your call. Thank you for calling, Nike. Let me share this, and then we'll play the spot. In fact, let's play the spot, and then I'll comment. We do have a line open, 888 talks This is, I don't know if this is the only one, or this is one of the new campaigns. Here we go. If people say your dreams are crazy, if they laugh at what you think you can do, Good. Stay that way. Because what non-believers fail to understand is that calling a dream crazy is not an insult. It's a compliment. Don't try to be the fastest runner in your school or the fastest in the world. Be the fastest ever. Don't picture yourself wearing OBJ's jersey. Picture OBJ wearing yours. Don't settle for homecoming queen or linebacker. Do both. Lose 120 pounds and become an Ironman after beating a brain tumor. Don't believe you have to be like anybody to be somebody. If you're born a refugee, don't let it stop you from playing soccer for the national team at age 16. Don't become the best basketball player on the planet. Be bigger than basketball. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. When they talk about the greatest team in the history of the sport, make sure it's your team. If you have only one hand, don't just watch football. Play it at the highest level. And if you're a girl from Compton, don't just become a tennis player. Become the greatest athlete ever. Yeah, that's more like it. So don't ask if your dreams are crazy. Ask if they're crazy enough. All right, so that is part of the new, obvious Nike advertising campaign. Let's take some calls and I've got a comment that may not be too popular here <laughs> oh my goodness cj and palace Virtus. cj you're on the frank sontag show how's it going brother it's going okay how about you good can't complain can't complain so uh i wanted to answer a question about you know what people are thinking about the ads i personally think it's brilliant i think it's it's very inspiring i think uh it aligns to a lot of different demographics 
you know, whether Nike chose to target, you know, Colin Kaepernick and what he's doing right now, uh, protesting against police brutality, I think it aligns with a lot of people for a lot of different ways. For me, it resonates with my faith. I can be in a different, you know, demographic of people where Christianity isn't really that popular and making those types of decisions may have consequences. And because I believe in my faith so much, I'm willing to sacrifice everything you know, in order to keep my soul because that's just me. And I think that aligns with what Colin Kaepernick is doing. He sacrificed his football career. Um, he knew that there were going to be consequences, you know, with what he did, and, and he did what he believed in. So I respect it. I think Nike is doing some good things. The ad with Serena Williams, I think it's really inspiring. Uh, I think it's good. I think it's brilliant. CJ, I'm grateful for your call. Thank you for sharing. Let's take a few more, and then I'll share some of my thoughts. Um, Desiree uh, in Los uh, Angeles. Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. I appreciate it. I wanted. I was wondering if maybe we were having a little bit of um, misunderstanding as it relates to yes, systematic racism. Mean. When I think of systematic racism, what I'm thinking of is or when most of the Ku Klux Klan take their hoods off, they go in and there are doctors, there are bankers, there are lawyers, there are mortgage brokers. Um, when um, those insurance companies, I think AIG is one of them, when it originated, you know, you could, uh, you could take a policy out on a human being, but at that time we weren't considered human beings. We were considered property, and so you could take an insurance um, policy out on your face. Um, so that's what I think about when I think of systematic racism, um, not being able to go to institutions, that colleges, um, for years because you weren't the right color. Um, or once you got there, not being given the same opportunities as others that were there, you know? So when you hear... Accusations in this day and age today in America, there's systematic racism. In the context of what you shared, what do you think about that? What I think about is it's um, it is an old, it's a hard, a long fought, hard fought um, issue that is woven into the fabric of our country. It's challenging to be able to separate the two. You know what I mean? It's, mm. it's not. It's, it's human nature. It's what happens. But it is what happens, and, and it does inform who our society is today. And it takes a great effort, like with Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and whoever else decided to stand up and say, no, it's not okay to hang people from trees and set them on fire because they're black. Mm. You know, that's, that, that's what I think of when I think of today and how it informs today. Desiree, I'm blessed by your comments. Thank you for sharing. Let me take one more. We have a line open, by the way, 888-52-TALKS. Antoinette in Long Beach, you're on the Frank Sontag Show. Hi, Frank. I love your show. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to comment two things. One, I just wanted to say that I think what Nike is doing is they are exploiting the fact that they're a marketing and advertising company. So they love the fact that people are talking about them. People are going to go buy their sneakers. People are going to go buy their apparel because they are in the news. And I think the second thing is that here in America, a lot of times, we don't really get to the root of issues. As a, as a, as a country, we talk around them. So when it comes to, you know, what Colin Kaepernick is trying to do, 
he really is trying to center for social justice, but we want to attack the method that he's going about it. When it comes to no child left behind, we're not actually going to fix the education system. We're just going to put things in place to try and pretend like we are. You know, when it comes to Obamacare, we're not actually going to go after big businesses that charge so much, which makes insurance unaffordable. We're just going to try to put a Band-Aid on it. So I think this just plays into what this country does. And I really wish that at some point in my lifetime or my children's lifetime that we can actually begin to have real conversations and create real change about issues that affect the entire country. Well said. Antoinette, thank you for sharing. 888 talks are the numbers to call into this radio program. We do have a line open. When we continue, we will have more of your calls, and I'll share a bit of my thoughts on the new Nike advertising campaign featuring the face of Colin Kaepernick. And what I'm about to share, some of you aren't going to like, but my goodness, let's do something. Like have a conversation. And, and many of you have, have weighed in already with some very insightful, articulate positions. I'll share mine in a moment, as well as more of your calls next, here on the Frank Sontag Show. Welcome back to the Frank Sontag Show. A lot to do in a short time. Some emails. We got a full board. We'll get to more calls. Hurt, hurt story on the news. My thoughts were initially, oh, no, here we go again. More division in our country than the piece said. He and Nike have been under contract for years. So I feel Nike was between a rock and a hard place. If they drop him, they're called racist. If they continue to work with him, as they're doing, they will have backlash, boycotts, burn Nike products. These actions from those who oppose his views. So I feel discouraged by the whole thing. Another one. Today's show regarding Nike. I don't think many that have not experienced racism, discrimination, etc. can quite understand the frustration we feel when people are passionate about football players taking a knee. But same people and religious leaders do not speak up or take action against police brutality, immigrant children in cages, Trump's lack of respect for women. I was waiting for the president to be mentioned here. Trump's lack of respect for women. Disabled minorities totally disgusted with critics against Nike, but have no courage or integrity in defending injustices. And then, if I can pull this one up, and I'm just reading excerpts because it's long. As a friend and brother in Christ, I've got nothing but love for you because I do. I've got to be honest with, with you. You're very quick to dismiss the reality of racism and police brutality against minorities. Therefore, the real issue concerning Kaepernick's protest gets buried. There's a difference between turning your back on your country, as you claim has been done, and holding one's country and government accountable. The fact that you and many of my evangelical brothers still are not willing to have a real conversation only punctuates the need and protests like Kaepernick just bought a fresh pair of Nikes yesterday. Okay. First of all, if this isn't a conversation, I don't know what we're having. I could not use this program to take your calls. I could go on my social media and just go on Twitter rants or post on Facebook or whatever. I don't do that. I'm not one of these guys that, that, that I've got this agenda that I, that I need to espouse to the masses. Like I've got the market cornered on truth. Jesus does. So that's number one. Number two, it's an advertising campaign. Guess what? Advertising works. 
Why? Advertising works in large part because it emphasizes the self. We live in a culture of self-centeredness. Madison Avenue doesn't spend millions and millions of dollars to convince people to buy things because they don't buy things. It's, it's about money. This is <laughs> advertising works. And honestly, I'm, I'm believe it or not, I'm going to move forward and not give this a whole lot of attention. I wasn't even going to mention it on the program today. But I got emails and people saying, you need to talk about it. And I was away, and all of a sudden there was Colin Kaepernick again. Two other points, and then we'll take a call or two. In terms of my denial that racism exists. Now, racism exists. It exists in law enforcement. It exists in civil life. Racism is everywhere. But where I get a little, and we've had some very articulate callers, where I get a little bit, concerned is when I hear the systematic racism stuff like somehow it is just embedded in our culture our country right that's a leftist ideology that this country sucks right that there's no opportunity here that it's all about oppression and I'm sorry I don't see it that way things have changed do we have a way to go? Yes. Is Dr. Cre- uh, Dr. King's dream alive? Well, it depends on what you're doing for it. But but then whenever we kind of go against maybe a popular mindset, then the labels start being thrown out. You're racist. You don't understand the experience. How can you say that? I'm an American citizen. When I look to someone like Someone that is willing to put on a gun. They put their life on the line every day. In the case of law enforcement or first responders, I have an enormous amount of, a th- of respect for that authority. In fact, we're praying about doing a huge event for law enforcement, first responders, fire, sheriff, through my ministry, just to honor them. But to say somehow because... There's some bad hops or bad teachers or bad coaches or whatever it is to say somehow the whole system is set up and it's rigged is just foolishness. That somehow people are getting away with this, people are getting away with that. Look, no one's getting away anything. And here's the last part about this. When it comes to the advertising slogan that Nike's thought up, which is brilliant, that's what advertising does. Someone made the point, some other callers are making the point to believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. What about those of us that profess faith in Christ? Right? Believe in something, our faith, even if it means sacrificing everything. We're called to deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow him. Do we feel that level of commitment when it comes to living the ideals of the tenets of the Christian faith. Look, I don't want to be Mr. Cynical Pants here, but I think it's pretty quick to say, nope, especially here in the West. So look, I, I want to impress upon you, conversation is of the utmost importance here. Civil, 
discourse and disagreement, respectful disagreement of the essence. I can have my my thoughts on things, you have yours, but let's come to the table and talk about it. But first and foremost, if we are followers of Jesus, you know there's injustice in the world. And this is a fallen world. And, and here's the part that some of you won't like. To be a follower of Jesus and to get behind the social justice movement is nothing but theological liberalism. It's not scriptural. It's not biblical. Like somehow if Jesus was here today, we're so sure the way he would live his life. And I'm like, look, he's God. I have a reverence for him. I'm terrified of him. He's the God of the universe. Maybe we need to walk around instead of being so self-assured like we're all that in a bag of chips and tremble at the thought of God. Do we live our lives like we believe Scripture is real? I mean, you look to the Bible and we're like, eh, I missed it for a few days. Or the non-believing world. Oh, the, the biblical God of the Bible? Just, I mean, really? So that's at the core of this. And are, are some people not going to like me in my position? Well, yeah, Jesus said they hated me first. They're going to hate you. But those of us that profess faith in Christ, let's not get caught up in the big distraction because Satan's at work here. Colin Kaepernick is a human being, is a man. He's a sinful man. He's broken. He's a mess. Just like me, just like everybody else listening to this program. Does he know Jesus as Savior and Lord? I don't think so. I don't know. He puts forth a different faith. But here's the bottom line. We live in a country, consumerism. What is, what is the big Nike push today? Tomorrow there'll be something else. Don't get caught up in the hype. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice commercial. It's kind of inspiring. Be something great. But first and foremost, be great in Christ. Show people the light of Jesus. My goodness gracious. We need to stop yelling at each other and get on our knees and wash each other's feet. 888 talks are the phone numbers to this radio program, and this is the Frank Sontag Show.